Welcome to the podcast of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Greenwood, Mississippi. We are a community of Christians that exists to make disciples of Jesus Christ and influence the Delta for the glory of God. More information about Westminster can be found at www.wpcgreenwood.org. Over the last few weeks, as I thought about a Christmas reflection for our church family, on Christmas Eve, I, I don't know if, it's, if it may be where my extended family has been over the last few years, but I've continued to come back uh, to one particular way Christmas affects every single person who is in Christ. Christmas means you don't have to be afraid anymore if you're in Jesus. And look, before we get too deep, I think it's important to note that there's a major difference between living in fear and then living in fear of the Lord. Eugene Peterson clarified it this way. He wrote, we're afraid when we're suddenly caught off our guard and don't know what to do. We're afraid when our presuppositions and assumptions no longer account for what we're up against and we don't know what will happen to us. We're afraid when reality, without warning, is shown to be either more or other than what we thought it was. Well, he argues that in the Hebrew culture and in the Hebrew scriptures, the word fear is frequently used in a way that, that means far more than simply being scared or being afraid. He noted that fear of the Lord is the stock biblical term for this either sudden or cultivated awareness that the presence or, re or revelation of God introduces into our lives, namely, that we are not the center of our existence, that we are not the sum total of what matters. Fear of the Lord, he argues, keeps us on our toes with our eyes open. Something is going on around here and we don't want to miss it. Fear of the Lord prevents us from thinking that we're know-it-alls and it therefore prevents us from closing off our minds and our perceptions for what is new. Uh, fear of the Lord prevents us from acting presumptuously and therefore destroying or violating some aspect of beauty, truth, or goodness that we don't recognize or don't understand. Fear of the Lord is fear with the scary element deleted. So that fear, that awareness that uh, God is God and we're not, is uh, or th that he is wholly other. That is a, a godly fear, a good fear. But so often in our fallen world, it's the other type of fear that plagues us. You know, one author noted that anxiety and fear are cousins, argued that fear sees a threat, anxiety imagines one. Fear screams, get out! Anxiety ponders, what if? Fear results in fight or flight. Anxiety creates doom and gloom. Fear is the pulse that pounds when you see a coiled rattlesnake in your front yard. Anxiety is the voice that tells you never ever for the rest of my life will I ever walk barefoot through the grass. There might be a snake somewhere. The word anxious defines itself. It's, it's a hybrid of angst and just. The, the, author, the author notes that angst, of course, is a sense of unease. Well, just is the sound, uh, he, this author says, he makes on the 10th step of a flight of stairs. When my heart beats fast and I run low on oxygen, I can be heard inhaling and exhaling, sounding like the second syllable of anxious, which makes me wonder if anxious people aren't just that, people who are out of breath because of the angst of life. 
In this fallen world, there's so many things that we can fear, right? So many things. If, if we're not afraid of the dark, we're afraid of heights. If we're not afraid of commitment, we're afraid of being alone, uh, afraid of losing control, afraid of failure, afraid of death. Fear, 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 fear. And we experience fear because every one of us has this deep soul sense that, that something's not right. You know, a, a deep sense that we're just not safe. Well, the Bible, of course, explains what that ghost in the machine is. You know, that, that God created us to live and flourish best in relationship with him. There's that perfect love that cast out fear that we had in the garden. But Adam and Eve, as we know, Adam and Eve sinned. And that perfect casting out fear relationship was severed. And at that moment, fear and shame entered the picture. Ever since then, humanity has the sense that things are not okay. Because we're not okay with God. So our souls were made for him, uh, which means things will not be okay until that relationship is reconciled. So we're unable, we're unable to do it by ourselves. And so Christmas means that some 2,000 years ago, by grace, God sent his son to live, to die, and rise to make a way of reconciliation. So like Christmas isn't some cute little story, like Christmas is an intervention. And in our passage, we find that it's a fearful thing, right? It's, it's always a fearful thing for sinful people to come into contact with the holy God. And whenever an angel of the Lord showed up in Scripture, it meant life as you knew it is over. And so when the angel appeared to the shepherds, I mean, they were, well, they were scared to death. You know, here in the King James, it says that they were sore afraid. And we've got to remember that shepherds didn't scare easy. You know, these, these people, they lived outside in the dark. You know, they, they killed wolves. But at the sight of this angel, they were undone. And in the Old Testament, you know, angels were called the... the the cherubim and the seraphim, which literally means the burning ones, right? They were literally flying things that are on fire. So the shepherds were afraid, but notice the angel's message. Angel's first words were, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news, great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And then as though they or we still hadn't gotten the message, all of a sudden this whole, this angelic band, this whole angelic host showed up praising God. And like angels who had, they'd never sinned, uh, angels who didn't need a savior, they were so pumped about what God was doing for us in Jesus that they just erupted into praise, saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Well, what's the opposite of fear? It's peace. What's the message of Christmas? It's peace. And look, we're not talking about the Middle East, right? And we're not talking about like Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Like, we're talking about you, like peace for you. In his book, Our One Great Act of Fidelity, Ronald Rawlheiser tells the story of a little girl. This probably played out in, in your home as well. A uh, little girl who one night woke from a nightmare, convinced that the monsters had invaded her room. They were about to devour her, but she escaped just in time out of the darkness at the right moment, running down to her parents' room for safety. Um, well, her mother collected her in her arms and slowly carried her back to the little girl's room. She turned on the light, 
and showed that there was nothing there, nothing to be afraid of. You were safe. And she was a Christian, which meant after a few more reassuring words, the mother said, you don't need to be afraid. You're not alone. God is here with you in this room. To which the little girl responded, I know that God's here with me, but I need someone here who has some skin. You ever felt like that? Like, I just need somebody. Well, isn't that exactly what we celebrate at Christmas? That, that, that God became man, God with skin. And the same message that the angels gave just so happened to be the most common command, the most common utterance of Jesus's or out of his lips. It's fear not, fear not, you don't have to be afraid. You know, many love that kid's book, We're Going on a Bear Hunt, you know, that, that little cardboard book. Um, it opens, <laughs> we're going on a bear hunt, we're going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. And in the book, these kids, they're, they're met with all these challenges, deep, cold rivers, muddy bogs, dark forests, raging storms, narrow and gloomy caves. And there's things that they can't go over and they can't go under, but they have to go through them. And all the while, they're not afraid uh, because their parents are right there with them all along the way. Well, Westminster and friends, in the same way, life can very much feel like we're going on a bear hunt. And it can be a hunt in which we find ourselves traversing and experiencing overwhelming challenges that we can't go over, we can't go under, we have to go through them. But because of Christmas, we truly can say we're not scared. Because Jesus promised that he would be with us. He would never leave us nor forsake us. But, you know, sometimes things like this can sound too good to be true, right? And since that's the case, notice who this offer of the gospel is to in Luke 2. So what's the barrier of entry for God's grace, his peace? Well, thankfully, when the Bible says it's for anybody, it really means anybody. It's people who have nothing to bring but their need. You know, there's the mention of the governor and Caesar up in the beginning of Luke 2, just to show us that the people who were hot stuff in the eyes of the world, they weren't even players in this. That this announcement came not to them, but it came to these nobody, blue-collar, salt-of-the-earth people like shepherds. You know, in ancient Israel, nobody grew up saying they wanted to be a shepherd, right? It, that's, not the she that's not the job you wanted. That's the job you got, right? And so they had a bad reputation. Uh, they weren't allowed to testify in court. Uh, they weren't trusted. They weren't even allowed to come worship in the temple. And yet what made these outsiders think that they could come before the king of, of, of the kings and be welcomed? Well, the angel said, this shall be a sign unto you, shepherds. You shall find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And, and here's why that little verse is so powerful. You know, the angel didn't say, you shall find the babe, the king, wrapped in Chanel, and to get to him, you need to take a shower, put on some cologne, and you better take your shoes off before you go into that house. Now, this was a sign to the shepherds because it meant that even they were welcome. Shepherds knew, right? They knew about swaddling babies up. Um, and the fact that Jesus was lying in a manger told them that the king was accessible to even them. So who is this offer of peace to? It's to people who have nothing to bring. 
uh, but their need. It's to anyone. It's to you. Okay? Um, and I do hope um, that Christmas becomes so much more than just the lights and the sounds and the presents and we're out of school, let's party. Like the, there's a real reason why we celebrate this. There's a real reason why people have died and given their life for this message. So how do we respond? Well, this, this is an illustration I've used several times. And for many, you know, it's a Christmas tradition for your family to watch the Charlie Brown Christmas. And if you've watched it closely, you've picked up on something remarkable that's really easy to miss. Um, but it was very intentional by the director. You know, one of the characters in Charlie Brown universe is Linus. And, and in the Charlie Brown universe, Linus is inseparable from his blue blanket. Uh, right? In, in that Charlie Brown, Lucy, Patty, even Snoopy, they've all tried to take that blanket away from Linus. But for Linus, living in a fearful and uncertain world, that blanket is how he copes. It's, it's how he makes it through life. And we all have blue blankets that look, you know, they look in diff different ways, but we all have blue blankets. It was his functional savior. He, he, he was never without it. But in the Charlie Brown Christmas, when Linus stands up to tell what Christmas is really all about, he quotes this passage we just read. And at the exact moment, he says, and the angel said to them, fear not. At fear not, Linus does the unexpected. He, he drops his blanket to the ground. It's his first time you ever see Linus without his blanket. So as to say, Jesus is the only source of true security. Right? That all blankets and comfort zones and coping mechanisms pale in comparison to him. So Jesus he really is the only one who can deliver us from our ultimate fear and give us peace with God. And so, friends, if you are in Christ, God is pleased with you, which means come what may, you don't have to be afraid anymore. Amen? Amen. Well, let me pray for us. Uh, Fathers, we reflect uh, on what Christmas means. Um, may you again uh, teach us, um, lay this teaching deep in our heart. Um, Lord, that in you we don't have to fear. Um, so Lord, may we cast our fears and cast our anxieties on you, uh, knowing that you love us. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Hi, Richard Owens here. I just wanted to take a second to say thank you for listening to the podcast of Westminster Presbyterian Church. Our prayer is that the Lord would use this message to encourage you in the gospel and that you would find Jesus to be more beautiful than you ever, ever imagined. If you'd like to find out more about who Jesus is or more about our church, I invite you to visit our website at wpcgreenwood.org. God bless.